Welcome back to the Lore Research Lab, and if you're new here, welcome to the Lore Research Lab, where I ramble about Nintendo video games. This is the 85th log and the fifth gag, focusing on Pokemon X and Y. So today's thesis, what is this game's storyline? Um, so this is another installment in the parody series. Um, and obviously I haven't said it's time to deep dive, folks, because, well, just got some uh, quick notes to make. So on a personal level, I was not entirely sure how season three would pan out. I had some ideas about where things would go, but life got particularly busy for me at some, what I would like to say were kind of key points that if I wasn't as busy, maybe I wouldn't experience uh, the kind of roadblocks I felt doing research here at the Lore Research Lab. So all the plans and stuff that I essentially had felt like they kind of just, I had to put a lot of things on the back burner and that's not the best feeling. But um, uh, with uh, this episode, it kind of occurred to me that when I concluded season two, I concluded that by beginning the parody series. That was, uh, I believe the very first installment where I was properly making fun of a video game that I enjoyed. And I really enjoy doing these kinds of episodes. So while um, Protocol typically states that I will have talked about the video game that I'm making fun of, um, uh, it's, it, it for me, because I actually just recently finished playing this game, I did a, um, a soul link of it actually and if you don't know what a soul link is it's just um it's like it's basically like a two-player uh nuzlocke um uh there's loads of uh youtubers who have uh done that format of pokemon nuzlocking and if you don't know what a nuzlocke is i mean i have episodes on it you can look it up yourself i have all the reference episodes and whatnot so check out the lore research lab reference episodes if you need to but i do want to keep this rather short and sweet because i have a tendency to not do that um the point i want to make is that i was not entirely sure how season three would conclude and i almost felt a little bit bad that maybe this is a bit of uh what's it called an anticlimactic end to the season not that uh, it needed to end off on a bang. But at the time that this episode hopefully goes up and at the time that I'm personally making this speech, if you will, um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, is, it will be released the day after this was made. Um, so it kind of, for me, I'm like, I don't want to end season three. Um, I don't want to end season three beginning a completely new game because i definitely want to talk about pokemon scarlet and violet i'd say the fact that this game was coming out when it did and the date has already arrived on us for some people depending on where you are in the world this game's already been released um and that's really cool or maybe you are watching youtubers who have early access to the game they're playing it now so whatever your experience is with understanding this game i wanted to conclude season three with a pokemon episode and then begin season four with something like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, something new. Maybe a Fire Emblem episode, maybe I talk about Metroid Tread, I don't know. But I wanna talk about a new game um, in the new season. And I didn't really wanna end this season off doing something completely new. So this is all to say, Thank you, um, as always, for tuning in. I always appreciate everyone who listens to my ramblings and all these episodes, because I'm just here to have a good time, folks, because the Lore Research Lab is a research lab, but at its heart, it's it's just about having fun talking about Nintendo video games. So uh, I'll just say here that you'll 
um, hear about my findings, I suppose, the lore research that findings on this game's story. Um, and I think I was saying this, but completely forgot to finish the thought. Protocol for the parody series typically states that I will have talked about this game before I actually make a parody episode of it, but I thought it'd be kind of fun if I just poorly described this game um, uh, without giving you any prior explanation. This is what you have to go off of if you don't know these games at all. And I personally thought that'd be kind of funny if I did that for a change. So I will link all the necessary stuff in the description so you can actually probably read about this game's coherent storyline. Um, but uh, so th thanks in advance for tuning in, folks, for tuning into all the previous content, just this episode, however long you've been here for, even if it was just for a total of five seconds, I'll always appreciate it. So I'll see you next time in season four. Okay, so the topic for today is discussing Pokemon X and Y's uh, storyline. Um, like all Pokemon games, there's no drastic differences between the two games, except maybe some version exclusives, and of course, the Pokemon you see on the cover art for each respective game. So what the legendary Pokemon, that, that's, 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 that's the case. Here's how this is going to work. I have divided this up into chapters because um there there's enough of this that i have to talk about that it does not make sense to just do everything in like one section i need to break this story down because there's a lot happening folks so chapter one beginning the parisian adventure so you're lying in bed and suddenly you're woken up by a bird it's known as the orange sparrow you're woken up by this bird and it just yells in your face get out of bed you have to become a Pokemon trainer. Who do you think you are? You can't just sleep. You're like the protagonist. Protagonists don't sleep. If you know anything about protagonists is that they just never sleep. They're always active and they're always doing stuff. So your home in, in, in these games is called Vanilla Vanilla Town. And it has like a, like a population of like six people, um, which is a lot compared to the next town you're about to head to, which is um, called Cordwater Town. But here's the thing. So you're in your pajamas. You need to get dressed. Mom's telling you, get out of the house, go on your journey. You're the protagonist. Do, do the protagonist stuff. And you're like, okay, get my hat on, get my bag. Uh, you're all dressed up. You walk down this little kind of nice forested path kind of thing. It's, very, it's a very small path. It's like five steps and then you're in the next town, Cordwater Town. Um, so you go to Cordwater Town and you meet with your friends. Oh my God, friendship in this game is wow so well thought out there's definitely not too many friends you can't have too many friends i think that's the mentality these games took on but um you're introduced to dance boy so he's just obsessed with having pokemon that can learn moves that include the word dance in it and then there's book boy who's he's all about trying to fill up the pokedex so it's like i want to know all the trivia about all these pokemon so if uh something has the ability to um uh, create pressurized gas to launch itself off into the distance. He wants to know that. That's Book Boy's thing. And then there's Respawna, who has no defining qualities other than just being happy all the time and constantly wanting to be in your company. The final companion is known as Claim or Stina. So depending on the avatar that you choose, your uh, other friend, who's the most powerful friend out of your four friends, um, is either going to be Claim 
on the boy or Stina the girl. Um, and yeah, so that that just it just depends. But Claim or Stina has a package for you, and that package includes three Pokeballs. So you're allowed to choose um, a Pokemon from from this batch from these three and they will be your partners throughout your journey if you so please so here are your three choices you have fenix which is the fire type you have chestnut which is the grass type and then you have concerned frog which is the water type um i feel like concerned frog is the one that gets the most love out of these uh, three pokemon because of what their final evolutions end up being so fenix eventually becomes magic fox so it waves around a stick to shoot out fire from the stick because that makes sense right um then um uh chestnut becomes bulky sonic and yeah that's all i have to say about chestnut and then concerned frog becomes ninja frogger and ninja frogger is easily the coolest of the three so i have a personal bias towards ninja frogger but i've also used magic magic fox before and it's not that bad um bulky sonic it's just eh, it's all right um but anyways you choose one of those three and they're your friends now then you battle claim or stina oh no you battle you battle respawna no you battle respawna claim and stina you're gonna wait to battle them um then um you're by the way i mentioned that your town like your hometown is called vanilla vanilla town um the land that this is the region that this is taking place in is called miniature france so just keep that in mind um so after you you know partner up with your chosen Pokemon and you defeat Respawna. Um, and then uh, you got to learn how to catch Pokemon, Claim, and Stina, Claim or Stina will teach you. And then after that, you can go about your journey. So you face some children, um, both before you enter the forest. And then once you get into the forest, this mysterious forest known as Croissant Moon Forest, and all your friends are there with you. You're all kind of traveling at the same time and you all enter the next city together so once you exit out of the forest with your friends you enter croissant moon city and you battle a girl outside of the gym um so you can use roller skates instead of running because running is for normal people roller skating is for cool people because you can do all these sick tricks and glide along rails and be all acrobatic and stuff you could spin in circles and of course, because you're the protagonist, you have impeccable balance and athleticism. So you're definitely not going to like fall and trip over your toes or constantly scrape up your knees or something like that. You're not injury prone because that's not a protagonist quality. You'll get these roller skates after you beat her and commuting becomes a lot faster for that reason. So there's that. Then it's time to eventually face the gym or something after battling some more folks. Uh, you enter the gym, which is the photo gallery, and you battle the gym leader there, and her name is Violin, and her ace is known as a customizable butterfly. So after you beat her, um, things are pretty pretty chill. Um, now it's time to go meet the region's professor, so onwards to not Paris, the city of bad camera angles and weird player direction, because Depending on how you're roller skating around the city, um, you will end up walking into a pathway you did not plan to. You're going down Vernal Avenue. I don't know. They all the like all the street names are. There's so many streets in in this in this city. It's a big city. It's a big city. Not Paris is a big city, folks. Um, but that is the case. Um, and before you actually officially enter Not Paris, you meet Silly and Desmo, who I think are like supposed to be almost like assistants, attendants to the professor. I don't even know their deal. But they basically just have extended cameos in this game, and they, they're just there. So that's all I have to say about Silly and Desmo. Um, 
Now, a cool thing about Not Paris is you can just find some Pokemon just randomly chilling about. So, for example, there's this Pokemon named Simba. You can find Simba just kind of chilling. Um, and then there's this other Pokemon called Goated, which is just this really cute goat and it's just there it's sometimes sometimes you can just find it sleeping on the street i'm like that's safe um but yeah so that's that's cool cool i guess and there's lots of stuff to do in not paris there's like a photo like just like a, a place where you can do a photo shoot i think you can enter all these other like corporate buildings um but only half of the city is accessible at this point i think because there's like a massive power outage and no one's doing anything to fix it i, I don't know there's like these construction guys and they're telling you, oh, there's stuff going on. You can't come, come past us. And you're like, well, but I want to, but you can't. Um, anyways, you eventually find the building that houses the professor of this region. And then you meet Professor Charismatic Buttonwood. And he's really cool. He's a lot of fun. He's um, energetic and stuff. He's got a lot of personality. Um, he shows up a couple times in the games or whatever, but he's, he's at least cool um and through him you're rewarded one of the canto starters so that would be charmander bulbasaur squirtle um you know they're pretty popular in the older games they come up a lot in the anime type of thing like that's they they were in that first season if you will so you can have one of them too along with your current starter Pokemon. So you can have like two starter Pokemon on your team. Kind of defeats the purpose of having a single starter, but see, there's like two start. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. You're going to leave anyways. And then you'll get to the like basement floor. Cause he's on like the third floor of the building. You'll get to the, 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 like the main floor, ground floor. Um, and you'll see this guy named Flamiel Bossman. And Flamiel Bossman has like big orange hair. Kind of looks like lion's mane. Um, Flamiel boss man appears and he says some stuff. I don't know. And then you have to go to this cafe with Clay Merstina. Um, and then you meet this woman named Anadith, but I don't know, she's like a model or something. I don't know. And then Anadith is having a com uh, conversation with Flamiel boss man and Flamiel boss man talks a lot. Like he, he always has a lot to say, but whatever, moving on. Um, so it's time to continue adventuring or something. So you're gonna head west of 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 not paris and then you're gonna run into this pokemon called riley but it's someone else's riley we don't know who this girl is yet but i think she's on roller skates anyways maybe we'll see her again i have no idea maybe you can get a riley of your own but we don't know at this point and that concludes chapter one so it's time to get into chapter two Chapter two, the long journey ahead. So um, you battle both book and dance boy um, along this path that you're heading on. You know, after encountering the Riley, you keep moving on and that's when you battle both the boys. And then you head to quiet space. It's a very nice town, it's very quiet. Um, and then you learn that there's like this really small castle. It's called Shabanabano Castle. Um, and uh, you, you find out, I think the patron of that castle is having financial problems and or something i don't know he's got problems and you need to help him somehow so then you're you're gonna be like okay you know what i'll just continue on with my journey um so then you head up on ahead and then you see these people are crowding around this bridge and the path is blocked by this pokemon named sleeperton and the ultimate like answer is that oh my god you must clear the path this is not okay we need to deal with this pokemon somehow but it's like deep in sleep because it wouldn't be called sleeperton if it wasn't always asleep. So you have to visit 
the Versailles Capitalist Castle, or VCC, to talk to its owner and get this old flute to wake up Sleeperton. Respawn joins you in this journey. You both have to pay like a thousand dollars to enter as like an entrance fee. It's just, it's so overpriced and not worth it. Um, but then when you go to like talk to the guy who runs VCC, like who owns the place, I suppose, he's lost his dog. It's a Pokemon called Stylish Wolf. So he's lost it and he's like, oh, I, you know what, I'll help you, I'll, I'll do whatever you want as long as you find my dog and you get it to come back to me because I can't find it. He has this humongous like garden and like four different um, hedge, lamp uh, hedge labyrinths, if you will. Um, so what happens is that you have to like chase Stylish Wolf until you corner it and then and then you return Stylish Wolf to the guy. So then he gives you the flute and then to congratulate you finding his dog, um, he, he has a fireworks celebration at the castle. Um, regardless of the time of day. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, and then you watch the fireworks with Respawna, where she dr dramatically professes her love to you. Um, but that'll have to wait, because you're the protagonist, and the protagonist always has other commitments. The protagonist, sadly, has no time for love. So now that you have the old flute that's necessary for waking up Sleeperton, you can either catch Sleeperton, or you can defeat Sleeperton to clear the path, but either way, it's it's dealt with then as you head farther down the path you'll battle claim or stina um, and then you'll move through this cave called the bat roost and then once you exit out the bat roost you'll head on south to this town called rocks and then and then what you have to do is that when you get to rocks rocks with a capital r you have to get more rocks outside of rocks so rocks with a lowercase r outside of the town rocks, um, it makes a lot of sense. Anyways, what that means is that southeast of rocks, the town rocks, um, you need to take this Pokemon called Spinning Athletic Rhino along this very rocky path to the Darkness Sparkle Cave to get these other rocks in question. It's because a scientist has gone there and he hasn't come back and his his like team is concerned about him, I think. I don't remember the specifics, but all I know is that there's a scientist, he has some rocks with him, you need to go get the rocks. Um, so enter Darkness Sparkle Cave and I guess it'll work out. And then this is where I think you officially encounter Team Flamio for the first time. Um, so they are always clad in orange, their hair is colored orange. They have white suits with orange blazers, orange pants, orange shoes. It's, it's a... It's a choice, I'll just say that. Um, so you face all these Team Flamio grunts, and you, you you eventually save the scientist, you get the rocks, and then you go back to the town of rocks. Um, so the two Pokemon you can you, you can get, you can, you have to choose, it's either one or the other, because the scientist will reward you with one of those rocks. Um, and that rock is called a fossil, and you can revive that fossil at the like lab that he works at, bring him, bring him back to life. Um, uh, I feel like there's like a movie franchise that tells us that that's not always a good idea to revive fossils and, and stuff like that. But anyways, probably not important here, right? So you have a choice between a Margosaurus or T-Rex. Um, you can take one or the other, both are cool, moving on. So you're gonna go down this like set of, you have to go through an aquarium in the town of Rocks, and then you gotta walk along the coastline to eventually reach the city that's north of the town of Rocks. And that city is called Seaside Rockslide. 
Um, and in Seaside Rockslide, you have the chance to buy a bike because roller skates are no longer as fast as they should be. They're kind of janky, so you're gonna want a bike. And the bike can either be green or or yellow, both really great colors, you know. So you're gonna um, go to Seaside Rockslide. Um, and you're gonna enter the gym there, which is a rock climbing facility, and you're gonna face the the gym leader, Cliff, who, who uses um, an Amargosaurus and a T-Rex, actually. So I'm like, that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, but you defeat him, it's probably easy. And then you have to head north to go to Stone Collection Town. This is where lots of like smooth, large, kind of rounded but pointed stones, it's called menhirs, stick out of the ground. Um, there's a lot of them along the way. Um, as you like, there's some along the way to Stone Collection Town, and then when you're in Stone Collection, uh, Stone Collection Town, there's a bunch of them. In Stone Collection Town, you meet um, Skater Girl. She she's the girl who had the Rileys with her before. Um, you meet her again, and then you battle her Rileys. Um, but then she leaves afterwards, and she's like, "See you soon," kind of thing. I don't know what her deal is. Um, I think you meet up with your friends. I don't remember. But then you go through the Hall of Mirrors, which is this kind of semi-large cave. You enter the Hall of Mirrors. And then once you exit the Hall of Mirrors, you enter Lashur City. Um, Lashur is kind of along the water. So basically, it's a pretty small city. It's not that big of a city, if you ask me, to be completely honest. But there's this um, sandy beach and then a very narrow, sandy walkway that leads to this place called the Mastery Tower of Greatness and Glamour. Um, so you need to go there first before you can do anything here, because there is in fact a gym and a gym leader to face, but you're not gonna deal with that yet. So you're gonna go to the Mastery Tower of Greatness and Glamour to learn about the history behind fashionably powerful mode. So this is a game mechanic that was introduced in this game where basically only a select few chosen Pokemon have the ability to fashionably power themselves up in battle. And that is the only time that they can do it, but only certain number of Pokemon have that choice available to them. So basically they are given these little stones and it completely changes how they look. They get like, it's like a, it's like a, um, like a, there's, there's like a, like a word for that. It's like a makeover. It's like a, um, I, I don't, I don't know words, but they get, they, I don't, I don't even know that prettier is the word. It's just that they, they will look different in some key ways. Maybe the, the color that they are will change. So, um, like Charizard, for example, is normally orange, but when it, enters fashionably powerful mode, it actually has the choice of being two different powerful modes. So it either stays orange and it's like design kind of changes and stuff. Like it looks like a different kind of dragon or it becomes like this like cool black color with blue fiery wings kind of thing. Um, not, not a lot of Pokemon don't have the option between two though. Most of them just have the one in terms of becoming fashionably powerful. Anyways, you're learning the history behind that. Um, I think. And you're learning this from this old guy named Skater Veteran, who happens to be the grandfather of Skater Girl. Um, I think you battle Claim or Stina at some point. I don't remember. All your friends are with you as well. I, like, you've all kind of, like, convened here because you're all trying to learn about stuff together. And Claim and Stina are regularly trying to, like, outdo you, but they're not able to, and they're always a little bit salty that they're not better than you, but they're not the protagonist, so what can they do? Um, so then you're eventually going to go to the gym, which is a roller skating rink, face a bunch of roller skaters, prove your worth there. Um, and then you find out that Skater Girl and um, uh, her flying Angry Bird, um, I believe that's her ace, uh, 
or is it the Rileys? I think maybe the Riley is still her race, I forget. But anyways, you, you realize that Skater Girl is actually the gym leader, but then she's like, I have to like test you again because I'm the successor of something. So then you go back to the Mastery Tower of Greatness and Glamour to battle Skater Girl. She will give you one of her Rileys to face her Riley, and Riley is one of those Pokemon that has the choice to become fashionably powerful. So um, you become fashionably powerful, and then ideally you beat her Riley for like brownie points or something, I don't know. If you lose to her, it's not a big deal. She will, she gives you the Riley regardless, so it's yours to keep now. So now you can choose to keep this Riley if you want to, and that's cool, I guess. Um, but moving on, you have to head um, back eastward. So we're technically going back in the direction of not Paris now. So you're gonna head east and you have the choice of receiving a Pokemon called Loch Nessie if you'd like. Um, but once you head along this kind of coastline path, um, cause there's like a little beach and then there's like a grassy area, there is a ranch. So if you wanna ride um, some goats, the goaded Pokemon, you wanna ride those goats around, you can. Doesn't take you very far, but it's up to you. Um, and then you will head again to the coastline and uh, um, you'll, you'll go to the train station there's a train station along the water and you'll meet anadith again i think i don't remember i think she's with professor charismatic buttonwood but i don't know i don't actually really remember i feel like i i, I feel like he's there i don't remember if she is I, I feel like they are but i don't know you take the train to coastal comfort city that's all i'm saying when you get to coastal comfort city you'll eventually battle claim or stina again because they're always going to be a little bit salty that they're just not as good as you. Um, but after that, it, it is what it is, you know? They have to accept reality. So then um, you're gonna enter the Arboreal Jungle Gym and then you'll battle Grandfather, Gla uh, Grandfather Grass Clipper. His name is a tongue twister, I'll admit. Um, so that goes well. And I think his ace is the evolved form of Goaded, which like the Pokemon Goaded, but it, it just is like basically uh, ultra goaded um, when it evolves. It's it, it's just, it's always goaded, you know? So that's his ace, I believe. Um, and then you beat him and then that's cool or something. So then you head to the Parisian desert and you get attacked by Pokemon constantly because it's kind of hard to bike ride. It's like really windy and stuff. And like the wind is always against you. So you're moving at this like snail's pace. And if you try and roller skate, Pokemon will just sprout out of the ground and just attack your face and it's just not that fun you know but you will find a, 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 a member of team flamio just hanging about and then you'll battle him steal his key and then you'll enter the power plant because the power plant's located in the desert um and there's like a like a little entrance and then it it enters a subterranean the building like underground type of thing and that, that's where the power plant is so remember there was a power outage in um not paris well this is the reason why is because team flamio is putting an embargo on electricity i suppose so what you're gonna do is you're gonna enter the power plant and you're gonna stop team flamio from causing all this trouble you're gonna face this semi-important trainer her name's orange visor and all of her orange and white clad flamio people you're gonna face them all um, and then you'll stop the power outage from being an outage. You'll power, power will be back on thanks to you. Nice. So then you'll head back to not Paris 
And um, there is in fact a gym in uh, Paris, but this part of, of the city was not accessible because they were closed because of the power outage. But now it's not closed, so now you can go go back to not Paris and face the gym there. So first you'll meet the science kid's sister, who's the sister of the gym leader of not Paris. And then you'll, because the only reason I'm mentioning her is because she facilitates what is the main kind of gimmick of the gym here. It's an electrical quiz show hall quiz show hall um so there's she gives you a bunch of quizzes and you have to get the questions right yeah and then if you do you're gonna meet be able to meet the gym leader who is the science kid faster than the average person it'll show that you are an intellect you need to be smart because a protagonist is not only athletic and level-headed and focused on their goals but they are also intelligent um so having all those qualities will make it possible to meet the science kid as soon as possible, defeat him and his zap zap blizzard. Um, and then it's time to adventure through the rest of miniature France. So this brings us to the next chapter. Chapter three, strange things are afoot. Kind of. So you um, head up north uh, from, not Paris, um, and it's kind of rainy and stuff. It's a bit like a swamp, marshy kind of area. You hear a ghost story from this very sus man who demands your money along with your friend's money. It's very overpriced considering how the story plays out. It's like really not worth your time or money, but he asks for it anyway. And I think you give it to him. But anyways, you keep heading north and then you'll eventually land in Magical Mystery City. And once you're there, it's, I don't know, there's supposed to be this like historic tree or something, but overall it just looks kind of gloomy here. At least the music's nice. Um, so you can um, uh, enter the, the gym, which is Wonder Rooms, because there's all these like warp spaces and, and they take you to different rooms and you got to figure out the correct way to the room with the gym leader. Um, and then you will battle Tinkerbella with her ace, which is known as Ribbon Cat. Um, she's really graceful and nice, I suppose. You beat her, it is what it is. Um, and then north of, of Magical Mystery City is the Pokeball Factory. So a key part about po po Pokemon games is that you need this device, this capsule called a Pokeball to capture the Pokemon in question. Um, well, in this game, the factory is north of this city. Um, you have to go there because Team Flamio is causing trouble there too. First it was the power plant, now it's here and it's like, well, thanks for being sus all the time and creating so much trouble for the protagonist. But they wouldn't be a protagonist if there wasn't some kind of evil to stop, right? So it is what it is. Um, you go to the, the Pokeball factory. Your friends join you, but they're basically useless except claim Restina. You face green and purple visor. And then the CEO of the Pokeball factory will, will reward you for your, your hard work and your effort. He will give you lots of money and he'll give you the Master Ball, um, which is the legendary Pokeball that catches Pokemon without fail. It can't mess up. It'll always catch Pokemon, but you only get one of them. So use it carefully. Um, like using it on a Magikarp is the sensible thing to do, for example. Um, so then you're going to head down this kind of autumnal path. There's some trainers hiding in bushes, jump scaring you. It's fun. Avoid the lost hotel because it's kind of like underground and it just is not very well maintained. Just avoid it. Um, and then you'll arrive in the small town called Windmill Abode. I believe you meet Professor Charismatic Buttonwood there, but I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
Um, either through phone call or in person, I really don't remember. But, oh, there's some trouble in Windmill Abode. You can't just keep moving on. It's not like this is a pit stop and you're gonna keep walking on. No, 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 there's something going on slightly north. Or is it north or? Like northeast of, of this, uh, of, of this town. Um, there's this place called Frostbite Cave, and you have to head on over there because there's something going on there. A disgruntled snow, ma- snow mammoth is disgruntled, and that snow mammoth is responsible for carrying through the heavy snow that's in the path that's south of, of, of Windmill Abode. So, like, if you don't help snow mammoth or ease its concerns somehow, you have no way of making it further through this part of miniature France. So it's in your best interest to go to Frostbite Cave and deal with whatever's happening there. So then you do. Um, you go skating. Uh, actually, roller skates don't really work as skates, so I don't really know how you manage to get through there without tripping. Just try your best. Um, and you'll eventually save this Pokemon called Evergreen Tree Yeti from Blue Visor, because Blue Visor, she's being real aggressive. Um, she's no fun. Like, all the Visor girls, they're just really, really aggressive. I don't think for any particular reason, you know? Um, so, um, you beat her and her Flamio friends, and, like I said, you'll save the Evergreen Tree Yeti. It'll be happy. Um, and Snow Mammoth is no longer disgruntled, so now you can exit Windmill Abode, go through this really heavily snowed-in path using the Snow Mammoth. You'll ride on its back, kind of like what you did with Spinning Athletic Rhino. You'll ride on its back, traverse through this very environmentally difficult place to navigate. I don't know words. Um, I think you get a phone call or something, but then it doesn't matter. So then you're going to head to Shimmer Pink City. There's literally nothing to do here. There's like this giant pink crystal that just overlooks the water or some, something like that. I don't know. Or overlooks the land below. I don't know. But it has nothing going on here. It's just, it is what it is. You'll battle claim Orstina before you enter the gym. Um, and then after that, you'll enter the gym, which is known as Outer Space, and then you'll battle for the Forgettable Space Queen and her Disturbed Feline. And when that's over, it's over. Um, so I think there's a, at this point in the game, I wouldn't say it comes out of left field, but considering its pacing and, and stuff like that, the foreshadowing is not subtle. Um, but there's, I think, something like a call to action to stop terrorism. And I personally don't remember the inciting event, like what leads to that being the case. I, if you get a phone call, someone's telling you something. I don't, I don't remember how it plays out. I think it was a phone call. Someone tells you on the phone, "Hey, get your butt over here because we need to stop terrorism." I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, but um, you need to say you need to stop terrorism. So that brings us to chapter four. Chapter 4, Saving the World? I don't know, things are escalating pretty quickly if you ask me. Um, so, surprise, surprise, Flamio Bossman is not only a flawed individual, but also the evil, evil boss man of the game. Um, so, like, he's more than sus, you know? He's straight up venting in plain sight. He is not hiding it anymore. Before, he was being, using all this, like, flowery language and philosophical words and stuff, and being really vague and ambiguous about certain things, but he's being pretty open about the fact that he wants to destroy the world now, I think. Um, so it's in your interest to stop him, right? Because law enforcement doesn't exist. It's up to 10-year-olds 
and more importantly, the protagonist to save the world, right? So you head to his like own cafe because the cafe you met with, like met him in way back when, that was like a different cafe. This is his own cafe. He owns this cafe. So I think to the rest of the world, he just is a guy who owns a cafe and not Paris. Um, but he's more than just that. We're going to hear about that in a second. So you head to his cafe. You battle these really two sus waiters. They're very sus. And beating them reveals the secret door in the cafe, which reveals the existence of Flamio Bossman's lair. He's got a lair and it's like, He's got an elevator and everything like so once you get to like you get to the first level the first basement floor because there's i think one or two other basement floors below it you get to basement floor number one and then you battle flamio boss man and then he leaves enters the the elevator but you need like a key to follow him like you can't you can't just go in the elevator and chase him down you need like a separate key because there's like other rooms and stuff you're gonna have to go i don't remember whatever you can't follow him immediately so then you have to navigate through this room which just has these like sliding arrows so you step on the arrow and it pushes you in that direction until you hit a wall so you have to do that a bunch of times battle some uh, team flamio grunts um there's some rooms you can enter like there's a place where there's beds because i i assume team flamio they also go to bed at some point right but there's all these beds so you can rest up there if you need it so that's good um you'll battle orange green purple and blue visor at some point throughout this entire process. I don't remember when, how, who kind of thing, but they they are there. Um, I, Silly and Desmo also show up, but you can actually completely skip the room that you find them in, so they may as well have not even been there. Um, then you eventually get the key that you need, um, and then you go to the basement, the other basements, where you find Flamio Bossman with B-Y behind bars. Now, um, I forget if I mentioned B.Y. in the previous chapters, because when you... I think I did, yeah, I think I straight up forgot to mention this guy. Um, so when you exit the Parisian desert and you head back to go face the science kid in, not Paris, basically there's this, like, eight-foot-tall guy, maybe nine-foot-tall guy named B.Y., and he says some mysterious stuff to you. You have no idea what his deal is, but he says some very cryptic stuff to you and then just leaves. I don't think you see him anytime, like before that or after that until now. So we have Flamio Bossman um, in front of this like jail cell that B.Y. is in. And then we hear about B.Y.'s backstory. So B.Y. tells you the harrowing tale behind his Pokemon known as Tragic Daffodil. There was this war or something between Pokemon and Tragic Daffodil entered the fray and lost its life or something. So then B.Y. is like really upset because this was his best friend. And basically he constructs this extremely elaborate flower looking device. It's humongous, by the way, um, where it like shoots, like shoots up a laser into the sky. And basically it had the ability to take away the lives of other Pokemon. So on the way to Stone Collection Town, there's all these other like stones along the path. Technically, that is, I think, what is considered to be the cemetery for all these Pokemon that lost their lives in the process of um, B.Y. executing this plan. Because B.Y. was so desperate to bring Tragic Daffodil back to life that he created this device to basically steal the life force of other Pokemon and then Tragic Daftil 
comes comes back to life. It's pretty wild. But basically, because Tragic Daffodil was kind of, I wouldn't even say pissed off, but was just disappointed that B.Y. went to this length to bring it back to life, it realized that its existence was, it, 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 its revival only happened because other Pokemon were sacrificed for it to exist. Um, yeah, no, so Tragic Daffodil just straight up abandons B.Y. and he feels lost as a person. Um, as an individual, he is just massive sad boy hours right now. Um, so, uh, because that's the case, um, what, what this is all meaning to say is that Team Flamio has basically taken over the use of this really old weaponry that he created way back when, and they're like, oh yeah, this is like the guy behind everything. Uh, BY regrets what he did, to be fair, but it's like there's nothing he can do about it now because now there's in, there's terrorism is incumbent on the on, on miniature France, right? So you know the story behind the weapon. It's called the ultimate weapon, I think, that um Flamio Bossman's gonna use. Because Flamio Bossman's whole ideology is that the world is not beautiful, it can be more beautiful, so you should just press the reset button destroy life so that it can become prettier again something like that it makes so much sense right um anyways with that pretty wild backstory out of the way you go to a different room in the basement and you battle i i want to say flame leo boss man's right hand man named robotics um i think you beat him and then you're told to press a button there's a blue one and an orange one neither are the correct option i think the blue one is actually the one that saves the place but robotics basically is clowning you so no matter which one you press he's gonna activate the ultimate weapon regardless so the ultimate weapon itself is located in the depths of stone collection town and it just overturns a bunch of houses once it comes out of the ground and stuff it's it's not a good time but it hasn't been it's being booted up it hasn't quite activated yet so you need a uh, hightail it on over, back to Stone Collection Town, um, Respawna, um, and Claim or Stina will eventually join you to enter Flamio Basement, which is the secret headquarters that is located underneath Stone Collection Town, and the facility that houses the ultimate weapon. So, you confront Flamio Bossman again, I think Claim or Stina tries to convince him, like, don't do this, but he's like, I'm going to. You're gonna defeat a bunch of, uh, Flamio men and women alike. Uh, as you head down a bunch of stairs and stuff um, before you enter the big, like the boss room, if you will, the the room that houses the thing that is necessary for powering up the ultimate weapon. Because the ultimate weapon can't just, it, it needs some kind of immense force, I guess. They don't really explain it well, or maybe I just have bad memory. It's probably a combination of both um, why this is the case. But um, you'll battle all these Flamio men and women and then you'll enter this room where there's like all these wires on the ground and there's like this like kind of window so definitely people can look into this room and then there's this like massive thing just in the center of the room joined up to all these like wires and stuff and it's seated on like almost like this like pedestal and then you enter in there but it just looks they just it just looks like a shape okay so you're gonna enter in there battle some even more flamey old men and women and then 
because you know team flamio along with flamio boss man they're all act they're starting to activate the stuff and what this does is it awakens the legendary pokemon so the legendary pokemon is the pokemon that is responsible for powering up the ultimate weapon in this case i don't know if by did the same thing but in the in the situation we're in right now it's one of the legendary pokemon and of course it depends on which game you own that predicates the pokemon that you're gonna you're gonna encounter so it's gonna wake up so if you chose pokemon x you'll find yourself in the presence of exalted tree which looks like a tree when it's asleep um but if you chose pokemon y you will find yourself in the presence of destructive birdie which looks like an egg when it's asleep so basically what's really confusing is that both of these pokemon have very clear motifs so exalted tree is supposed to be the life-giving pokemon um uh and okay i guess that makes sense if you're trying to bring a pokemon back to life but then if for example for the sake of argument let's say exalted tree was the pokemon responsible for helping to bring back tragic Dra daffodil right then that wouldn't that have, like if it has the ability to give life or something was it necessary to t to sacrifice the lives of pokemon or something? i don't i don't remember how that backstory even plays out now that I think about it, but I don't know, it doesn't make that much sense to me. So basically, the story of Pokemon X makes no sense considering its stakes, because Flamio Bossman is trying to destroy the world. Though Destructive Birdie is the natural choice here. You're gonna choose Destructive Birdie to destroy stuff. Like, that just makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one confused. Who knows? Um, so, like I said, depending on which game you get, these are the two that you can encounter. So you're either going to catch or defeat Exalted Tree or Destru uh, Destructive Birdie. Then they can become your companions or you just defeat them. Actually, I think you're supposed to catch them. I don't I don't know what the expectations of this game are. But um, whatever the case, Flamio Bossman is upset that you stopped his plans. So you're going to battle him for the last time. And you will fashionably power up his, uh, his angry dragonfish. But you can beat him. It's definitely possible. Then he gets upset again. And Respawna tells him, this isn't this isn't the way to do it. It's fine if you want things to be pretty, but this is just not the way to do it. And he's like, ugh, I really wish my plans work. And then he storms off or something, I don't know. So yay, you saved the world. Chapter four is complete. Um, so that was super exciting and all, right? Yeah, you stopped terrorism, you saved the world, you potentially have a life-giving or life-destroying Pokemon as your friend. I, the options exist. Uh, it's time to continue on with the adventure. We made it to, to chapter five. Chapter five, it'll be over soon. So this is uh, the end of the line, if you will. We're getting closer to the end of the story of this game, folks. So um, you're gonna go back to Shimmer Pink City and you're gonna go south and you're gonna adventure past this cave that definitely doesn't house another legendary Pokemon known as World's End Dragon Snake. No, 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 there's definitely nothing there. No, no, like it's probably, there's probably nothing in that cave. Uh, that's along this path. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Um, then you're gonna head to Waterfall Town, battle Professor Charismatic Buttonwood, um, and then you're gonna continue on your way. Then you're gonna head down this path till you hit a bridge, and you'll face Responda, Dance Boy, and Book Boy all in succession, because they want to battle you and stuff, and it's kind of annoying. 
you've done so much battling at this point that you're probably tired from it. But hey, a protagonist has responsibilities and you need to fulfill them. So you're going to head to the final city in your journey known as Snowy Night City. Um, but you will notice that someone's blocking the door to the gym. And this guy is like, oh, the gym leader's out right now. Go get him. So then you're going to enter this like dank forest. And then you're going to, the forest is like a maze. It's a labyrinth. You gotta figure it out though, because you're the protagonist, right? And then after going down the correct path, you will land in the humble sanctuary. And this is where you'll find the gym leader named Icy Uncle, otherwise known as Cool Frick. And he's there and he's like, This is where Pokemon, you know, if they want to be safe, they come here because it's nice and quaint and quiet and no one bothers them here. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then once you get there, you tell Cool Frick, hey, go do your job. It's really not that hard. Just go back to being a gym leader. Stop chilling with the Pokemon. And then he'll be like, all right, can't wait to battle you. So then he'll head on back. So then you also head on back to Snowy Night City and you uh, enter the Arctic Puzzle Palace, the gym. You enter the Arctic Puzzle Palace. That ultimately sucks. It's not a fun puzzle. Like, it's just so annoying. I don't like it. I really don't. So you're going to battle Cool Frick and you're going to defeat his ace which is known as um, the iceberg that almost sunk the Titanic, but didn't because then that would assume that the iceberg was powerful, right? So his his Pokemon, his ace, is the iceberg that almost sunk it, but didn't because it's strong, but not that strong. Um, although depending on who you have on your team, it can be pretty, pretty difficult. So maybe it, it is that iceberg. Maybe it's hit that quality. I don't know. Is that too soon? Anyways, um, so we've officially reach the end of the journey because now you have all your gym badges you beat all the gym leaders you solved all the puzzles you you, you stop terrorism you save the world like you've done you, you've completed the checklist um so all that's left is to face the last like five important trainers in the entire region and then you're done right so you're gonna head west of snowy night city now and basically um you're gonna enter this kind of big kind of it's not like a it's not a building per se it's not tall it's kind of low to the ground to be completely honest but you're going to enter through this doorway and you're going to meet this guy named ace trainer robbie and he's a gatekeeper you beat him and then he's like you have proven your worth you have all the badges you can go here now and basically when you beat him a path opens up and this is known as the long walk because it's a long walk it's comprised of waterfalls, subterranean caves, mountainous caves, people, like trainers and stuff, Pokemon, and lots of rocks. Like, there's just rocks everywhere. It's kind of mountainous. Anyway, it's a mountain, I guess. So, you have to, it's the long walk. you got to go through the long walk and stuff like that, you know? It's just, it's so long that your voice can crack, you know? Because it's just, it, there's this immense pressure you feel being in 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 the mountain because the air pressure change. I don't know. Moving on, eventually you'll fight Claim or Stina for the last time um, as you are adventuring through the long walk. And then you'll clear the last part of the long walk eventually. And then you'll arrive at the fancy, fa fancy schmancy building where the five strongest trainers in the region currently reside. So in order to be the ultimate trainer, so not only will you have saved the world, you'll also just be stronger than everyone else in existence in miniature France, you have to battle these five trainers. So um, in no particular order, you can face these first four because they're like the important four. You face them first um, and then you'll face the final one who's the champion, you know? So first there's, um, um, there's, um, 
um, lava lady. So uh, she is a secret, the secret reporter is the other name I have for her. But lava lady, I think, is also fitting because she's actually been secretly a member of Team Flamio this entire time. She's a news reporter who has regularly given you news updates throughout your journey. But she's actually been the secret reporter this entire time. She's been like a, a Team Flamio person. Like she has all the intel and whatnot. So she knew about the terrorism stuff. And she she knew that they were trying to destroy the world. So like she was perfectly fine to not do anything. Um, and it all makes sense. And then there is the, uh, so she specializes in fire types because she's a lava lady, right? Then there's the watercrest chef. And he specializes in water types predictably. And he's a chef. So, um, he's cool i guess and then there's um the knight in bland armor um and he's there as well he's got some spiky hair and stuff and he's clad in armor so he uses steel types it it checks out and then finally there's the great grandmother of dragons and she uses dragons it's all pretty predictable um so the thing i just i actually you know what i'll just do this at the end so um now you've beat the four of them right so now you have to face the champion so you take this elevator up to the champion's room and it's got these like really pretty curtains nice flooring um it, it looks like stained glass like it's pretty it's pretty pretty you know um and the champion is revealed to be anadith Remember her? Probably not. And that's pretty fair because she was not an active participant in the story. She had, I think, a grand total of two appearances before you meet her here. And she was like, oh, I've been waiting for you or something. I don't know. And you're like, who are you? Um, so I guess this is what I wanted to bring up when I was mentioning the, the those important four trainers is that no one, including the gym leaders, took any action to stop the terrorism or to save the world. No one did anything. They all did jack squat. Like, what? Like, the world was literally going to be destroyed, and, and they didn't do anything. They just sat in their gyms, just chilling. Okay, Grandfather Grass Clipper, I can understand. He has giant scissors as a walking stick. Doesn't seem very wieldy. If he needs to go somewhere, just let him sit. That's fine. Maybe even Great Grandmother of Dragons, you know, she's... Maybe she's, it's just not, it's not easy for her to, to just get up and suddenly stop terrorists. I can understand. But like for everyone else, like, come on. The, the forgettable space queen, like, you know, was there nothing you could do? I, I don't know. I Like it just, it boggles my mind how the world was literally about to end, but no, 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 it falls on your shoulders, a 10 year old shoulders to, to, to save the world. It just, it just, it just will always boggle me a little bit, you know? I The protagonist is the protagonist for a reason, and of course, you do have to save the world, but like... Considering the lack of law enforcement as well, you'd, you'd think that maybe these other adults would step up as well and help, like... I don't know, maybe with Violin, I mean, she uses bug-type Pokémon. Her, her ace is a customizable butterfly, like, it's just not that powerful, so... Maybe they're just scared, I don't know. Well, they're not the protagonists for a reason, right? Because protagonists also don't live in fear. They take action. So you beat Anadith, and her ace is not even like a Pokemon that is like native to this region. Like it's from a different region, different game even. It just fashionably powers up, um, which is cool, but you can defeat it. It's possible. Um, so you do that, and um, you become the champion, and you've done it. So... 
everyone comes into Not Paris where a ceremony is held for you and your friends because not only have you become the newest champion of the region, you're also given like a medal of honor for stopping terrorism and saving the world. I don't understand though why your friends are also getting medals because they didn't do as much compared to you. Like you're the one who either caught or defeated the legendary Pokemon. You're the one who like defeated Flameo Bossman. You're the one who defeated all those Flameo grunts. Like you're the one who saved the evergreen tree yeti. Um, you're the you're the one who saved the scientist with his rocks, his fossils. Like you literally did everything. But your friends are also getting medals. It's kind of like when you do a group project and everyone else just kind of freeloaded and you did all the hard work like that's kind of what this moment feels like so they're definitely your friends i suppose but like oh especially dance and book boy they barely did anything like i guess if anyone is as deserving as this award as you it would probably be claim or stina but like even then you still did like 99 percent of the work i don't know why this upsets me so much but i guess it's just because you, you save the world and stop terrorism, but somehow it was like, team effort, everyone's a winner, but it's like, you did all the work. Anyways, um, it's not quite over yet, because while you're kind of walking down the red carpet, B.Y. suddenly approaches you out of nowhere, just jump scares you. He broke out of imprisonment somehow, I don't actually know how he did that, and it's never explained. Wait, do you free him with the key? Is that what that was for? I don't remember. He gets out somehow, and B.Y. wants to test your worth, or something like that, so you battle him. And then he was like, I knew I could trust you to save the world or something like that. And then from the sky descends Tragic Daffodil. Basically, B.Y. acknowledging his wrongdoings or something as openly as he did. It was like he... Words. It was like he re re repented for what he did. Like, it, it, he, he can be forgiven now because he's done enough good things to make up for the bad thing he did way back when. I guess, and Tragic Daffodil recognizes that and decides to return to him so they can be friends again. And that's when he claims that it's been 3,000 years since Tragic Daffodil let, left him. So what's B.Y.'s deal? How has he been alive this long? What magic is afoot here? Did he get some kind of energy boost from using the ultimate weapon too? Did he have a private conversation with Exalted Tree? And they made a deal, an exalted tree, or was it like a punishment thing where it's like you have to keep living until you become a better person? So you'll constantly feel terrible about yourself for 3,000 years before you can reunite with your best friend? I, I'm not entirely sure the logic, the magic, or the lore, but it's been 3,000 years is what you learn. And um, of course, now he's very happy, so you can continue on with the ceremony. Um, somehow Professor Charismatic Buttonwood isn't surprised by any of this, and he was just like... Teamwork makes the dream work, like that kind of mentality. So... The power of friendship wins, I guess? Everyone's happy, regardless of what the explanation is here. And then it's the end! Now, there is a story that occurs in, in the post-game. And it's actually not bad, but do I feel like talking about it? No, I don't. That is the hard truth. Um, because one other aspect is there's the city you never knew existed that you can go to take the train down there. 
from not Paris and then you can do some fun stuff there but there's like barely anything to do even with the fun stuff that's possible to do there and yeah there is again like I said a story most of it actually takes place in not Paris but um yeah not not a whole lot to, to say about that so um the end you did it folks Pokemon X and Y makes sense to you now as a game in terms of its story you learned so much I'm sure um so yeah hope you enjoyed this very accurate retelling of the story of Pokemon X and Y toodles